When I was in high school, my parents asked me what I wanted to go to college for. And I knew it had to be something in science and math. Uh, there's a saying in my family that Hanlon's don't do English, which I understand the irony of at this specific moment. But they introduced me to engineers, MDs, even architects, because I always loved geometry, all to get an idea of kind of what my path would be. But growing up in rural America, spending most of my time outdoors, I figured that perhaps I had a career in something like ecology or conservation biology. So in college, when it came time to do some undergraduate research as part of my major being a biologist, the only professor who was studying animals, and I tried to do plant work and it just didn't work out, well, he was studying frogs. And I figured, sure, why not? I grew up with frogs. Uh, I didn't have any feelings toward them negatively or positively, I was picturing something like wolves, but frogs would do for now. Well, for now, turned into a lifelong passion. Turns out I love frogs and salamanders and turtles and all sorts of amphibians and reptiles. And even though my career has shifted away from working directly and all the time in nature and towards more of the people side of things... I still find time to get out there and remind myself why and how it all started. Everyone has a story, even, or maybe especially, scientists. Science affects each and every one of us. Let's talk about it. From the American Geophysical Union, I'm Shane Hanlon, and this is Sci and Tell. All right. My introduction today has less to do with anything specific our interviewee talked about and more about where she started her career as a herpetologist, i.e. someone who studies amphibians and reptiles. That's my background, too. So I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little partial on this one. Nisha, can you introduce this episode? Yeah. So on this episode, we talked to Priya Nanjapa. She's had a long and diverse career and is currently a commissioner for the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission. Priya never really had a specific career plan in mind. She just followed her interests and kept her options open. So stay tuned to learn more about her career journey so far. Thanks, Nisha. Our interviewer was Paul Molin. I am Priya Nanjapa. I am currently a commissioner for the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission which is a department within the Department of Natural Resources, a division, I should say, within the Department of Natural Resources for the state of Colorado. In that role, uh, we have been appointed by the governor. There's myself and four other commissioners, and we are to implement the law that governs oil and gas development. And I was appointed specifically for my wildlife and environment expertise. And the other seats also kind of have different specific roles. One of them is public health. One of them is land use planning. One of them is kind of general policy, understanding and implementation. And then the other one is oil and gas industry knowledge. And so it the day-to-day, -day, there really isn't a typical day. <laughs> we have a lot of different issues that we deal with, but this commission was just, it was created with an amendment to the law that governs oil and gas development in Colorado in 2019, but in 2020 was when the commission was officially seated. So I just started this job in July of last year. So something I never ever would have thought I would have been doing when I first got my biology degree. 
really like, you know, I, I think I was just, you know, a curious, inquisitive kid. I love to be outside and, you know, and I liked the basic scientific type of experiments and things that you would do in grade school, you know, even something as small as like mixing colors and creating new colors for artwork and and things like that were just fascinating to me and just understanding like why these, you know, certain things occur or how or, you know, what patterns there are. And um, so I think I just was curious that way. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me that brought me, though, towards this career path was that real fascination and enjoyment of being outside and seeing the animals outside. And so my parents, you know, are both Indian immigrants and they, when they came here, my dad came here to do his master's degree. He also traveled all around the country, just road tripping to especially national parks and scenic areas and and things like that. And so he was really enthralled with kind of the beauty of the outdoors. And he would point out some of the animals in the backyard, you know, like we had some cardinals that would nest in the tree in our backyard growing up. And one year there were bunnies that had nested near the bushes of his office and he brought them home in a box (laughs) for my brother and I. And we ultimately decided it was probably best to return them, but, you know, had them just kind of observe them for a couple of days. And they were, of course, adorable. So things like that, you know, got me intrigued with animals and the outdoors. But my dad is not, I wouldn't really call him like an outdoorsy person. So when we would take family road trips, we would be just driving by places and maybe getting out to take a picture, but not really, not hiking or camping or any of those things. So those were just interests that I developed later on in life for myself. But one of the big things for me was I had a a friend in junior high and high school who um, her dad was a bird watcher. And so there was one day when they, he had found an owl nest and he took us out to go look at it. She asked me if I wanted to come and I was like, yeah, no, it sounds cool. And so we, we went out and just sat waiting to look for this, at this, where he had seen this owl nest, which was in this knot hole in a big tree. And we just were sat, sitting there with our binoculars, you know, trained on the hole and waiting. And when it finally came out, it was just this amazing moment, you know, but that whole time just waiting, I'm just happening to, happening to observe the leaves blowing in the wind, you know, and the, the rustling sound that it was making. And we were sitting in some taller grass and just all the little bugs kind of flitting around around us and, you know, butterflies and damselflies and all sorts of other little beetles and things. And I was just fascinated by all of that. And that's really kind of the turning point moment for me where I can really say that that's when I decided I didn't just want to be involved in biology in the ways that I think my parents were thinking that maybe my inclinations were taking me like towards medicine, (laughs) but I wanted to do something with biology outdoors. And I didn't really know what that meant, you know, or what kind of possible careers there might be. But that's kind of where what drew me to the outdoors in general. And how did you then begin to shape that career path or that education path, right? Like where, what you were going to study and what you're going to major and how you were going to, what influences did you have, I guess, that helped you kind of shape that path that you eventually ended up taking? So I, I think I was always thinking of some sort of environmental science type of career, but I, I didn't know, you know, like I said, I didn't know exactly what was available out there. And again, because my parents themselves were not really 
outdoorsy in that, in those ways. And like my dad, you know, maybe would go fishing now and then with his friends from work, but definitely was not into hunting and didn't really have friends that were doing that kind of thing. So we didn't really have that sort of classical background that people in wildlife ecology, a lot of them tend to have, you know, you know, for me, it was just this fascination and this interest in the, the outdoors, the animals, you know, what's going on out there, the plants, et cetera. Um, but my dad was an engineer, just a civil structural engineer, and he kept expressing concern about this interest of mine, like, you know, why not just go into medicine? Why not just take these classes, you know? And then at some point he said, I was just realizing that maybe environmental engineering would be a good route for you. And so he was kind of encouraging me in that way. And so I decided also to just start out at a smaller college. So I went to a, a small private school for my first two years, I mean, I was planning to be there the whole four years, but I was taking a lot of introductory, like pre-engineering type courses. So things like calc-based physics and analytical chemistry and organic chemistry and, you know, a few other types of like linear algebra and, and you know, and all of these courses were, I just wasn't interested in them, you know, so I didn't do as well as I probably could have, but I just wasn't interested in them, but I really loved my general biology class. And then I started filling my electives with ecology and botany and things like that. And at some point towards the end of my freshman or maybe the first part of my sophomore year, you know, I realized I probably just needed to transfer and go somewhere where I could get more of the specific wildlife type courses and things like that. And so then I, I transferred to Iowa State University, which was much more wildlife oriented. I grew up in Iowa, so that's where kind of that link came to be. But yeah, so then I then I I decided to keep my degree general in general biology, but to have an emphasis in wildlife conservation. And I ended up with a minor in environmental science as well. And, you know, it was through those courses and that coursework, you know, that I really felt like I was finally in more of the niche that I wanted to be in. But I still didn't really know what careers were available to me. What I realized is in talking to all these academic, you know, professors about my interests, they were just pushing me towards getting a PhD in teaching, which is fine. You know, there's no problem with that. But I think it wasn't exactly what I wanted. But I, I didn't really know that until a little bit later on after doing some work that was less research oriented. And so I think, you know, I knew I wanted, I, I still definitely wanted to be outside and to do, you know, the field work kind of thing. But I didn't think I also wanted to to teach, you know, and so I was trying to figure out, like, how can I do this field work and be a researcher or do this field re research, but not necessarily teach, you know, and, and so I, was, I started to look into, you know, the different options that were out there. And I had an internship at a wildlife refuge in North Dakota. And so I spent a summer up there and I was primarily doing bird counts, uh, so songbird counts, but also duck brood counts and a few other surveys. And I did a very informal amphibian survey because I was kind of, you know, starting to get into amphibians at that point. And so I did a very informal survey for them. There weren't very many species in <laughs> North Dakota. But but anyway, it was there that I started to realize, okay, there's, you know, these refuge biologists and, and refuge manager positions and things like that. And then I learned a little bit more about where you look for those kinds of jobs. And then while I was doing that internship, there was a person that, came to the refuge to do some invasive species management work. And he was with the National Biological Survey. So now I'm showing my age a little bit. This was at the time just before the National Biological Survey got absorbed into the 
U.S. Geological Survey, but was more affiliated, if I'm remembering all these details correctly, with the Fish and Wildlife Service at the time. And so anyway, in talking to that person that was going out with us and that we were helping and assisting with some of their invasive species management work on the refuge, you know, I, I learned about how he got his job and where you look for those kinds of jobs. And so it was, it was really just this, you know, networking, for lack of a better word, but finding these different types of jobs that were out there that were more just, you know, like doing the actual field work. And I didn't mind, you know, writing it up or doing some of that sort of analysis kind of thing. But but yeah, so I started to learn about the types of jobs that were out there that allowed you to be outside and do cool things with critters, but not necessarily have an obligation to teach and come up with lesson plans and all that. That's actually, that's exactly what I say now when people say, you know, what's your advice? I say, try to be aware of what you like and what you, you know, if you feel like you're good at, what your strengths are. But also be really open. Like, don't feel like, okay, I love this. So I'm going to go down this, just to use it as an example, I'm going to, I really love biology and I like understanding how cells work. So I'm going to go into pre-med and I'm going to do this and I'm going to take this next step. And then I'm going to be in this type of research and I'm going to study cancer and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to become, and then you have your whole path planned out and then some deviation occurs and then you feel like you failed. But really, if you just keep your your options open throughout the time frame and you know kind of what kinds of things you like. There's other opportunities out there that probably fit your interests and your skills and, you know, just be open to them and and see where it takes you. And I think that's really truly how I ended up where I am today is because I didn't really have a clear set path. You know, I was just looking at like, well, that sounds interesting. You know, let, let's look at that or let me learn a little bit more about this, you know. And then in part with that was also starting to recognize, you know, where my strengths were and and what kinds of duties and things would highlight my strengths. I mean, it's a good point, too. Like, I mean, an 18-year-old, well, even now, right? There's so many people that do jobs that you've never heard of you may or may find not find interesting, right? And when you're 18, 20 years old, there's no way you've heard, like you've just never been exposed to it. Yeah, exactly. And that was, the, and that's part of, you know, what I was saying with, you know, if you're talking to folks who are your professors, you know, which it makes sense, you would ask them like, what are the kinds of opportunities that are out there? They may not really know about these other jobs that are out there unless they're, they're happen, their research or their work, you know, happens to be more in that type of direction. But you know, or maybe if there are conferences or things that they tend to go to where you, they know you can meet other people outside of academia. But, you know, for me, it wasn't until grad school that I, and and some of these experiences just before grad school that, that really kind of opened the, the horizon of opportunities, you know, um, just the, or the landscape of opportunities that I, I didn't realize were out there and I was not really getting guidance on how to find them. You know, um, it was, it was a lot of it was just kind of stumbling on things on my own, you know, and, or just asking people question and kind of recognizing, hey, what you do is, oh, okay, so you're not an academic professor. Why are you here? What are you doing? You know, what's your job? And those kinds of things, like when I started going to conferences, or like I said, at this internship, when this, this other person happened to come and be doing work there and be like, so tell me how you got your job, you know, how did that come to be. And, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess that would be my, for me personally, you know, I didn't really have a lot of guidance for my interests during my academic 
pursuits. So yeah, so I kind of had to figure some stuff out on my own and and just kept thinking like, this isn't exactly, this is not what I'm looking for. How can I find it? You know, and just kind of knowing that something different was out there, but not knowing where exactly to look. You talked about, you know, you never really had like the, the typical path or like a path set out in your mind where I'm going to do this, 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 and this. What, but that being said, were there times when things didn't go quite as planned where you you maybe ventured down a path thinking, okay, maybe it's this, and then you kind of had to do a reset. Can you talk about those and, and how you react to those things? Yeah, you know, I think there wasn't anything catastrophic, I don't think, you know, in terms of my specific career path. I I think, you know, one of the big ones that I can think of is as I was finishing undergrad, you know, I decided I wanted to take a little time off and pay down some of my student loans and and so I just worked for a year in a very completely unrelated position, but it was just, you know, good money and kind of occupied the time. But I was applying for grad schools, you know, that during my senior year and and even during this other time, and I, I wasn't getting in to the, the wildlife schools, like the big wildlife schools, you know, that everybody knows, like South Dakota State and Colorado State University and, you know, some of the ones that, those are the ones that I really wanted to go to, but I didn't have the right GRE scores. And, um, you know, my grades were okay. They weren't stellar, but they weren't terrible. And so, yeah, so then I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then it was, I guess, the summer before before I graduated, I think, that I did that field school for the whole summer. And one of my professors there at the end of it, you know, said, hey, you know, you have some strengths in writing. And I think you would be great to have as a student. And if you would like, you know, I'd like you to, uh, to invite you to come and be part of my lab. And he said, you know, I don't have funding, but we'd have to find it. You know, we could work on some grant proposals together and you could be in a TA or, or whatever. And so I thought about it and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I appreciated that, but I, I wasn't really, it wasn't the school I wanted to go to, you know, so I, I tried, kept trying. But then after that year or so, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's not the worst thing to just go to this school and, you know, have this opportunity with this professor that I had gotten along well with during the the field course. So I wrote to him again and just said, hey, you know, is this offer still open? Would you, you know, be willing to take me on? And and ultimately ended up doing my master's with him. And, you know, I think ultimately it also, it ended up not being a very good fit, both the school and him as a mentor. And so, I like had even worse thoughts towards academia after that. And so I was really unsure what to do, but there were some opportunities that kind of arose through the networking that did occur, you know, so I am grateful for the whole experience. You know, I, he was pretty well connected in the amphibian world. And so we had, you know, a lot of opportunities for networking with some of the conferences we attended. And and so I'm, I'm grateful it did lead me towards some different opportunities that I might not have otherwise considered. But so then my first job out of grad school was with the U.S. Geological Survey with a new initiative. And this was just one of these several different types of things where it's like, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, you know, where that was a program that was just beginning. And so positions were several positions were open and I was applying for several different ones. In fact, I applied for one in Maryland and one in Oregon and I I was offered them both. And one, the one in Maryland just happened to pay a little bit better. <laughs> so I took that one. But I, I was, what that helped me realize is that it didn't matter where I went to school, but what matters mattered was the type of work that I could accomplish and the people that I met along the way and the the types of work that I could do or the types of partnerships I could establish. And so that's where, again, like, like that's where the really the networking, I think, 
started to make be, become clear to me as as a as a way to better open up opportunities. And so I didn't really know, you know, the people that I was applying to, but you know, through some of the connections that my professor had and, you know, he kind of either knew them or knew people who knew them or, you know, and of course, you know, was willing to write me a reference letter. And, and, you know, so I, I, I feel like the whole experience overall turned out to be positive, but it was going in, it was not what I expected, not what I thought I would, you know, my path would be in terms of like going to like a bigger wildlife school and working with large charismatic megafauna, you know, or something, but, but it was, you know, it was a great experience overall. And then I really enjoyed my time at the U.S. Geological Survey. And that was an opportunity where I was doing field research and writing up our work, but not having to teach, you know, so that was the the first opportunity of, of finding a job like that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of this was just really good fortune too. And my last question, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but what advice do you give to young people when you talk to them who are looking at uh, a career in the sciences and in research or just thinking about their career path in general? Going along with what I said before, you know, it's about keeping your options open. But the other thing I always say, I've, I've been invited to give talks to certain ecology classrooms and or different programs and, and give seminars. And, and one of the things I always end with is that you're more qualified than you think. As a graduate student, you're learning project management skills, you're learning budget management skills, you're learning overseeing teams and, you know, maybe even some sort of aspects of supervision and management, you know, as a um, managing people. And those are all really important soft skills that you can be putting on a resume when you're applying for jobs. And so if you are, you know, thinking maybe research, academic research or that kind of specific pathway is not what you're looking for, you know, remember all of these things that you're gaining in your program and you're more qualified than you think. I was an English major in college, and here I am working on a science podcast. You might not realize it, but you're absolutely picking up on important skills in every job you hold, and that can carry on wherever you go next, no matter how different the job is from the previous one. So like Priya said, you are definitely more qualified than you think. I couldn't agree more, and that's especially true for you, Nisha, as this is your last episode with us. Nisha is moving on to bigger, better things. Uh, it's been a real joy to have you. I couldn't have done this without you, uh, frankly. It's, it's been a lot of work. Folks might not realize the amount of effort that goes into making what we make. So thank you, Nisha, for everything you've done with us. I really appreciate it. Special thanks to NASA also for making this episode possible and to Paul Molin for conducting the interview. I just want to note here before we go, for all y'all hanging around with us to the credits, this is our last planned episode of this season. Uh, we set out to do a dozen, we did it, and I'm really proud of what we accomplished. But the stories are going to keep going. Stay tuned for some special episodes coming up and news about the future of Scientel, because there will be a future of Scientel. You can subscribe to Scientel wherever you get your podcasts and find us at Scientel, all spelled out, dot org. From these scientists on our respective home studios to all of you out there in the world, thanks for listening to our stories. <laughs>